0: You're listening to the All Sport Breakfast Podcast with Darcy Waltergrave from Newstalk ZB.
1: At 25 to 8, it's a warm welcome to Jim Dolan, the serial stalker of my Instagram feed. Hi, Jim. I'm considering changing it from at Darcy on sport to at Darcy in a singlet at the pub. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, it's probably more accurate. You didn't tell me I'd have to follow the Elliot
1: Smith this morning. I oh, know. How good. The powerhouse that he is I, I really. Elliot joined us about 13 years ago And uh, is a fresh faced youngster Straight out of Canterbury And the leaps and bounds he's made to where he sits now Phenomenal, he is one Hella hell of a broadcaster, no doubt about that As you are I've Jim, always, I've as you been are a fan. Yeah. So, Test Cricket People are still interested, yeah. are they? Even though it's kind of not ready. Can you call it like T20 Test Cricket?
0: How long it lasts? Well, yeah. Everyone was saying, well, this is unusual starting a Test match on a Wednesday, especially against the West Indies, who were only here last summer. But 17,000 fans paid to watch 100 minutes of cricket on day three at the Adelaide Oval. Australia, 10 wicket winners, as was to be expected. A couple of surprises in the West Indies, which we were very excited by. Now, uh, the biggest concern is scans. Usman Khawaja has had them before, after he was struck on the jaw. He's been cleared of a broken jaw. There's no fractures or breaks there. He's passed the concussion protocols, but he will continually be checked for delayed concussion before he gets the all-clear for the final test of the summer, that's at his home ground, the Gabba, starting on Thursday. So we're going to have another week of who's going to open the batting for Australia. Uh, as uh, there's Uzman Khawaja watching every time he does something from forget to do his shoelace lights up to maybe have a little wobble in the nets, Yeah, there'll be talk about who's going to come in and replace him and eventually he'll walk out to bat and it's all been just another week of trying to find something exciting
1: in cricket. Excuse me, I'm still picking my jaw up off the floor. 17,000 people paid <laughs> to watch that little cricket and knowing it was going to be a one-sided... Oh, wait. I South Australia. Stand up. I'm applauding you. That's have exceptional. Have you ever been to
0: Adelaide? There's not
1: a lot that yes. goes on in Adelaide. No, no. Adelaide's <laughs> fantastic. It's a sister city right of where I was born and bred, which is Christchurch. <laughs> so it's a very similar layout. And it used to have... The Clipsil, which is the best opening to the V eight supercars ever. I've been there a few times, mate, love the place. So you don't don't be punching down on Adelaide, my friend.
0: Well, I had some friends who were going down for the last three days of the test match, which I thought was pretty ambitious, <laughs> and they've decided they're going to check out the Barossa Valley today. So that, too, is an, something to do in Adelaide.
1: Everybody wins. I see you guys have managed to lasso yourself uh, another New Zealander to uh, <laughs> b- put all the blame of Aussie rugby at the feet of once, once he's oh, finished. Good. Yeah. Good on you, mate. Well done, yeah. son.
0: Joe Schmidt, what's he ever done wrong? What has he done to himself that he wanted to deserve this? It took six years to take Ireland from nine in the world to number one. Well, what can he do with the basket case that is Australian rugby? Uh, I think that he probably sees a little bit of talent that he can work with, but I'm not sure if he's ready to work with Fort Fumble given what's happened with some of the other coaches who've had a crack at this. And his last job will be a cakewalk compared to this challenge. March 1 is when he becomes Wallaby coach, but I'd imagine he's already had a pretty in-depth look at everybody who's involved. At least he's getting some of his own people to assist him in the right positions. And when he starts in March, he hasn't got long to get ready because Wales is here for a series in July and once you would think, oh, yeah, Wales, that's a nice tune-up. Well, <laughs> yeah, not anymore for Australian rugby. I like the fact that he says he wants the Wallabies to be competitive for the home World Cup in three years, but also says he would be okay with moving on after the British and Irish Lions tour next year. For a homegrown coach, if the timing is right. That's not great signs. I know he's got a great pedigree and comes here as a hard taskmaster. He's confident they won't be too scarred from the World Cup. But I also remember Dave Rennie and Robbie Deans were pretty handy coaches too, who Probably didn't get the support they needed from high up and around them.
1: It's a punch in the throat to the Aussie coaching. Uh, what do you? What would you call them if they still actually exist fraternity. over there? But fraternity, yeah. Well, yeah I, really, is that Mr. Spinning Gang? What are you actually doing? I. It seems bizarre to me.
0: At the moment, would you want to do it? <laughs> I think there'd probably be a few guys who'd keen to line up and be his assistant to learn as much as they can and then go, you know what? Ireland mightn't be a bad legacy on coach. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure who's going to want to take the Wallabies job at the moment or even pitch up for it. So, uh, hopefully, Joe Schmidt can be the man who, who enlightens a few people and uh, Phil Walker can make sure that he gets all the support he needs and maybe he sticks their beak in from upon a high.
1: Which will happen, as I said before, the way well, they are at the moment. Australian if they can, rugby. if they can stay on their feet during the national anthem, to me, that's success. It's about all. Yes, small, small steps. Small steps. <laughs> Aussie Open. That is the big dance going on in Ockerland at the moment. How's that going for you, Jim?
0: Well, we're very excited because Alex Minaur is into the second week. He's in the top 10 now in men's singles. He's confident and says this is the freshest he has ever felt going into the second week of the Australian Open. That's good news because he's about to run into opponents who have higher rankings than him. He cruised into the fourth round again, but he's never made the quarterfinals despite three times making the fourth round. The other thing I think that Australian Open organisers are very happy about is Novak Djokovic finally produced a performance we now he's capable of his 100th appearance uh, or m- match at Melbourne Park and it was his 31st straight win as Elliot mentioned over the Argentine Thomas Very. and yes uh, I thought Joe, Djokovic looked beatable against all of his opponents so far until last night so maybe he's just been a slow starter this time around but I'm still pretty sure some of the other guys that are still left in the draw will be thinking I can get him this year
1: and I certainly hope that happens. It's changing in the garb, which never seems to happen in tennis, but you never know it might at some stage. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Jim Dolan, love your time, love your energy, love your knowledge. And I'm really looking forward to the Same thing this time and next week on News Talk ZB. You look after yourself at the 19th, my friend.
0: I'm watching out for the singlets and pub shops this afternoon.
1: Which there will be plenty of because that's. I've got three days off with no daughter. So, what do you think I'm going to do? What else is there to do? I mean, all honestly, I mean, wait, if you're not having a beer with a singlet on, I mean, what's the point? It's life, right? Something wrong with me, isn't there? No, don't agree. I don't, no nodding. Right, Andy. Oh, you're bumping your head to the music. You're not, not. Okay, good. I get that. Good save, mate. 18 minutes away from eight. For more
0: from the All-Sport Breakfast with Darcy Watergrave, listen live to Newstalk ZB on Saturday mornings or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.